Do you believe in the people? Do you believe that the people should have the most control when it comes to their finances and the economy and to make decisions that they believe is best for them? Or do you believe in the government? and welcome back to another episode of Tea with Taylor. My coffee's getting a little cold. Today it's coffee, not tea, but that's okay. So, in this episode, I want to just discuss the economy and kind of what I've been noticing, what's been going on, and I'm sure many of you have been noticing given the impact that the government has had under the umbrella that they call COVID. And that's what I first want to say because... We keep hearing the business is shut down because of COVID. We're having a logistics problem because of COVID. The economy has dwindled because of COVID. And I want to make a point that we have to stop blaming this on COVID because sure, COVID is real. It's a disease. I'm not saying it's not, but your businesses was not mandated to shut down because of COVID. It was shut down illegally and unconstitutional in my opinion because of the government. The government forcefully made you close down your business or risk being having to maybe go to jail, have an insane amount of fines. So it was the government that was forcing you to shut down your businesses, not a disease. So I just want to make that clear because it's very frustrating because it's an easy cop out for many of the government officials today or for people just to be like, oh, because of COVID, we can't do this. Oh, because of COVID, we can't go back to normal. No, it's the government that's making it the way that it is. And with that being said, when they have been closing down the economy or Biden via executive order, he's closing the Keystone, the Keystone pipeline, threatening to close another pipeline. He is mandating that these companies forcefully vaccinate their employees or whatever he's imploring upon the American citizens and businesses by executive power. For one, he's not a king, he's a president. And our, there's a reason that our legislative body is the most representative body from all over the country, whether that be on a state level or the federal government level, it, the legislative body is supposed to be the most representative of the people and they're the ones that are to pass laws not the president. And I think we should just get rid of executive orders because that he's not a king, he's a president, and he's supposed to pass bills that are first written and passed by Congress, which is our legislative body. So I find these to be unconstitutional. Now, some of them are working their way up to the courts. I'll be interested to see how that goes. Not that I have that much faith in the Supreme Court as at least, but um, We'll see how we'll see how that works out. And I'm gonna also touch on on the end, kind of my predictions. And mind you, I'm not a financial advisor, but I pay attention and I am kind of economically and financially astute. So I would say I have pretty good gist of what's going on. And so I'm just communicating it to you. Hopefully you find it informative and interesting, some value in it. And if you do, please consider like, sharing, and subscribing. Cause always I appreciate you guys and. I hope I provide you some value. So I made some notes just so I kind of touch on the things that I think are important and make sure that I touch on them. So first, like I said, let's stop saying COVID, sh COVID shut down our businesses. COVID is causing economic despair. It's not COVID, it's the government. And 
many, which we'll, we'll, we'll discuss even further, and if you look historically, the government is usually the root cause, or the government combined with the central banks, the root cause of the financial crises, crises, crises that we've seen both now and historically. So not only did the government forcibly shut down businesses, they chose which businesses to shut down. It was apparently we gave the power to the government, or at least they thought they had the right to deem who or what businesses were essential and what were non-essential, which I don't know who gave the government the authority or the ability to deem what jobs or businesses are essential or non-essential because in my opinion, and I would assume many of you, creating jobs, working at a business and putting food on your table and making a living is essential. So for them to think that they are our Lord and saviors, that they have the right to deem who is essential or non-essential, what other rights are we giving the government then? Are we giving them what people are essential or non-essential? Who should be able to participate in society and not just participate in society? Because apparently they have the authority to deem what is essential and non-essential. And as we can see, they, they do kind of think that they have the authority to think that the vaccinated can have these, you know, can have these incentives, but the unvaccinated are gonna be punished or make their lives very difficult because the government deems them not as essential or not obedient. Because what they really are saying is, what is essential are those who are obedient to the government. And the ironic part about this is because a lot of the politicians that are closing down your businesses while they keep Walmart open and Amazon open are the same politicians who complain about the wealth gap and complain about the millionaires and the billionaires and how we need to tax them more and complain how there's just people aren't paying their fair share people don't have a leg up it's not easy it's not it's not easy enough to have upward mobility in this country while they are deliberately deliberately punishing those of the mom and pop shops those not making you know, not having as much business influence or economic influence as maybe Walmart and Amazon and Target because those those companies, those big corporations were able to remain open because they were essential. But your small business was deemed non-essential. And why is that? Why do you think that is? Is it because the government and these politicians really don't like the millionaires and billionaires? Or was it an orchestrated by design to close the smaller businesses to make them financially struggle and make them have to be more dependent on the government because if you're not if you're not able to operate your business you're not making the income you usually would and therefore you're going to look to the government for stimulus checks for unemployment benefits but these Walmart these big corporations Amazon so and so I could go on they're able to stay open and they're the same companies that are, I guess you could say, chosen by the politicians as the winners. Is that a free market when the government can decide who stays open and who doesn't? Is that what you would consider a free market? Or is that what it's sold to you as, which obviously it's not. When the government is coercing the economy that much and picking winners and losers, picking who can stay open and who cannot, that is not a free market, ladies and gentlemen. And also, it we have probably lived through the greatest transfer of wealth that we have ever seen. The big corporations remain open and the small businesses 
or the independent contractors, they all suffered while Amazon, Target, Walmart, they had their best years yet. But then to you guys and to the public, they'll go on camera and they'll say that these are the villains. These are the people we need to tax more. It's their fault that we, they can't have this much power. They can't have this much retail influence and financial influence while they make policies that financially incentivize and help these same companies. You're being played. You're being lied to. And if you just pay attention, which I'm sure many of you do and you've realized it, these politicians aren't looking out for your best interests. They're not being honest. And yet their solution to many of these problems is to give them more power and money. But we'll get into that a little bit more. While at the same time that they are closing businesses, that they're picking winners and losers, and the government is forcibly injecting itself into the economy and disrupting the free market that they say. The Fed, which is the Central Bank of America established in 1913, also, which has a monopoly over our monetary system, and I am doing further investigation on this topic to provide to all of you. If you didn't know, it's a privately private organization, the Federal Reserve, that controls America's monetary system and our debt and prints our money. Makes sense. So they're not representative of the people. They're not accountable to the people, but yet they have a monopoly over our monetary system. Yeah, seems like a free market to me, right? But the feds, while this is all going down and they're closing down businesses, the Fed drops interest rates. And now, and even historically, their argument to that is they want to inject the economy with fake money, honestly, because they're printing money simultaneously. They want to drop interest rates so people will participate in the economy by pulling out more credit and leveraging the economy on credit and debt. Well, there's a problem with that because now that they're forcibly injecting the economy to boost spending and to boost lending, which helps the banks, obviously. Well, it's kind of uh, it, creating a false sense of economic prosperity or growth because this is all leveraged on credit and debt. So you had many companies this, this summer because people were not going out as much because companies and restaurants and all these businesses has mandates not to operate as they originally would. They were reconstructing their homes. The housing market absolutely went crazy, which I'll touch on a little bit further. You know, people were redoing their kitchens, their backyard, and all these other industries which were doing well. Well, the company was probably trying to boost their either employment or their utensils to meet the demand well, that's not going to stay that way for that much for for that long. So they probably pulled out more credit to maybe buy more. I, I was saying utensils, but I want to say like machinery to meet the demand of what they were having. Well, once the economy starts to correct itself, which it is, you can see it in the real estate market and you can see it in other parts of the economy as well. Well, they just pulled out all this credit to maybe employ more people or to take out more machinery. Well, when the economy corrects itself and slows down, well, now they still have all that debt and they have less income and less profits and less customers purchasing from them. So that happens in many different industries. That was just one example. So the feds dropped the interest rate to incentivize companies and individuals to pull out more credit, to have more debt, over leveraging the economy on debt 
So when the economy actually starts to shift, which it's going to, because you can only inject and falsify the economy for so long and put on this facade to the American people that everything's gonna go, but eventually the reality will set in like it has historically and it will continue to do so today, even if we don't want to quite accept it. So with the economy over leveraged on debt, when the Federal Reserve starts contracting their loans and calling in a lot of their loans and same with the banks and they heighten interest rates, well, now these people are still in debt and they still owe that money, but the economy and their revenues have dwindled, have drastically decreased, yet they still owe, owe that money. What usually happens then? I mean, you look historically, even with the financial crisis in 07, 08, and times before that, well, people start closing on their homes. They start foreclosing on their homes because they can no longer afford their mortgage payments. And if you think about the real estate market just this past summer, I mean, it was up 30, 45%, depending on some areas, where people were literally paying for properties $100,000 over what they just sold the year prior. That appreciation is not a healthy amount of appreciation because a lot of these areas too, you think about, we're having a, what should I say? We're having like a correction or just a, a historically different movement here in the US where people are moving to different cities and states particularly based on how they handled COVID. So even these areas that are losing population like California and Illinois, they're properties were still appreciating drastically this summer, but come once these people start relocating to different areas and the economy actually does settle to where it should based on what is going on within people's spending habits and purchasing habits, that property that these people have paid for will depreciate and devalue drastically. And so if they, and then if they aren't having the economic prosperity as far as businesses and, and as, par, as far as people participating in the economy in these areas, well, there's a good chance a lot of these areas are going, these people are going to lose out on their homes and they're not worth what they purchased it for just a year prior or a few months prior because the amount of in the amount of appreciation in these properties just I mean it didn't make sense I I was I worked with many clients and I was seeing what they had I mean properties were getting 15 offers 10 offers $30,000 over asking appraisal guarantee so even if it didn't appraise for that value they were making up the difference with cash out of pocket and it was in it was a very concerning thing to see as a realtor and it just it will be interesting and quite devastating to see where it leads for a lot of these people and when they foreclose on their house the bank's not coming to save you the government's not coming to save you but if you're you're a bank or if you're a company and you start going bankrupt or you're no longer being able to sustain or be viable within your company then the government will bail out big banks, then the government will bail out big corporations and they'll sell it to you as that they have to do this. They have to do this, otherwise the economy will wreak havoc. But that's intentionally and specifically why the economy hurts as much as it does. Because big government, big banks, and big corporations love each other. They love working with one another because the banks, the big banks that are gonna give out these subprime loans that these people technically can't really afford, well, they know that the government's gonna bail them out if they foreclose on their homes. Less risk for them. 
And if the banks can't, you know, pay out the monies that they've guaranteed, they know the bank, that the government will bail them out. If corporations, like you had Ford back in, I think it was like 07, they were going to collapse and they were going bankrupt. Well, the government came and saved them. Rather, they should have fallen. They should have filed for bankruptcy and an investor should have had the opportunity to come buy it for pennies on the dollar because you can't have, the government isn't going to save you. And mind you, the government doesn't make any money. They don't create any wealth. They take wealth and they re redistribute it. So when they're bailing out these banks, they're bailing out these corporations, it's the American taxpayer who's bailing out these banks and bailing, bailing out these corporations. But when you, the American taxpayer, payer, default on your loan, default on your house, no one's coming to save you. And so it's really unfortunate that people, I guess, don't realize that and they think that the government has to make these decisions and inject themselves in the economy the way they do. And realistically, they are the root cause of the economic despair that we see. They're picking winners and losers. They're picking who they would like to succeed and who they would like to be punished or to bankrupt. That is not a free market. That is the government constructing the market as they see fit. And not only did the Fed drop interest rates and then start incentivizing people to spend more money, to take out more credit and to over leverage the economy on debt, the Fed simultaneously, who has a monopoly on our monetary system, printed money uncontrollably. Now, I would say it's unconstitutional for the Federal Reserve to have a central bank. The legislative body is to legislate as far as making policy and as well as it was, in my opinion, unconstitutional for us to ever get off the gold standard and just to be on a fiat standard as far as paper currency. And if you read the constitution, it does specifically state about gold and silver. So when you have a paper currency that is not backed by anything, then it's really not a viable currency. And if you have the Federal Reserve, a private organization that has no accountability to its people that can just print money as they see fit, then that currency that's not even backed by anything and that is printed uncontrollably has no true value. Because when you have, you know, when it comes through a value of something, it's supply and demand. Well, they can supply as much as they want of this currency. And so when they are printing this money, and mind you, in the last 18 months, the Federal Reserve has printed 40% of all the US dollars that have ever been printed. To think that that isn't gonna have catastrophic, like, it's just to think that that's not gonna be catastrophic is being naive. And mind you, the, the central bank, now we've tried to previously, there was the panic of 1890, in 1819, when the U.S. first tried to institute a central bank and there was economic despair and there was a quote by William, William Gouge, I think you say. And it says in 1819, for the panic of 1819, the bank was saved and the people were ruined because the bank who's intertwined with the government always is saved by the American taxpayer. While the American taxpayers are able to fail, they're able to go bankrupt, bankrupt and they're able to be ruined. And 
then they want to tell you that the only way to solve these problems is through more government and through more spending. Now, while all this is going on and we're having economic issues, the Fed's printing unlimited amount of money and the government is spending trillions of dollars in these large spending bills, these ominous packages that no one knows what's in it. They're hundreds of thousands of pages long. They're trillions of dollars. And then they sell it to the American people as it's for your benefit. They need to do this to stop the economy from crumbling. And how much did we get? A $1,200 stimulus check twice. Now, where are the trillions of dollars going? Are they going to the politicians lobbyists? Are they going to corporations and institutions that the politicians benefit from? That these, not the American people, What's $1,200 going to do for you? What's $4,000 going to do for you when they just close down your business and now you're not having the revenue and income that you had previously and potentially not being able to pay for your bills? But don't worry. It was for your safety. It was for your safety that they closed down businesses. It was for your safety they allowed the Federal Reserve to print 40% of the U.S. dollars ever printed in history within the last 18 months. Now, even though that causes inflation and the de devaluation of our currency, it's for your benefits. Don't you get it? And if you take a minute to think about it, you realize that it's not for your benefit. It's for the politicians. It's for the big banks. It's for the big corporations. And these same politicians will communicate to the public that now they just need to tax these people more. Now, the, the, situa the, the way to solve this problem is just to let the government have more power and influence over the economy, over your spending habits, over your monetary system, over your, you know, your finances. Even though the problem was orchestrated by these same people. And you know, when the Federal Reserve prints all this money and they causes inflation, inflation is a tax on every individual. When the price of meat goes up, when the price of gas goes up, that is more money out of your pocket. That is a tax. And then at the same time, they're trying to campaign for higher taxes. They are literally, literally, and now there's, of course, there's some politicians and there's some people who are just not that smart and who are probably more incompetent than they are sinister but there's many of them who know exactly what they're doing they understand that they just they just orchestrated the greatest transfer of wealth that we've ever seen they've they're trying to eliminate the middle class because if you eliminate the middle class you make them into economic despair their their goal and they're in, they're doing this to hopefully then have these same people have them look to government to solve their problems to further the spending, to further the taxes, to have the government then have to, even though they already influence many of these institutions and many of these portions of the economy, well then they're gonna have the government just control them and own them. And when the gov you know, when the government controls various parts of our economy as well as just controlling it because they can control it via taxes, 
higher taxes on some industries, lower taxes on others. Subsidies for some companies, um, higher taxes for other companies. When they have subsidies for specific industries, but then they have, they don't give it to other industries. That's an incentive for certain industries to either prosper or to fail. And they will tell you that the problems you're seeing is because of capitalism. It's because of the free market. Everything that I just discussed with you, is that a free market? Is that free market capitalism? When you have the government controlling what businesses can operate and what businesses must close down, who is essential and who is non-essential, when you have the Federal Reserve, a privately owned institution, the Central Bank of America that was instituted in 1913 under Woodrow Wilson, and when the 16th Amendment was ratified in our Constitution, when you have the Federal Reserve able to print money to have a monopoly on the interest rates, is this what you guys would consider a free market? Because we have politicians conveying to the public that it's the free market, it's capitalism that is the problem. I don't see a free market. I don't see capitalism. And if you read the Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx, who is the thought leader of Marxism, which is the philosophy, and socialism and communism is the political ideology, you will read that in order to have socialism and to orchestrate a government of communism, you must have a central bank. You must have a central bank that controls the monetary system of the people. Because if you control their finances, their monetary system, you control the people's money, you control the people. So that is one thing that they say that they need. We have that. When you have the government who puts taxes on some industry, heightens or provides subsidy, is that a free market? No. When you have the government choosing who is the winners and losers as far as the economy goes, is that a free market? When you have government and when you have politicians stating that they just need to take control over all of these various portions of the economy, whether it be healthcare, whether it be um, real estate, because everyone has a right to own a home. Everyone has a right to healthcare. So they think the government should operate and own these things. Is that a free market? When you have the government giving out loans, the federal government giving out loans to people, when you have the federal government injected in the Department of Education, is that a free market? When you have the government legislating, making it more difficult for private institutions and for private individuals to operate or to create any of these businesses or to participate in any of these industries, is that a free market? No because we don't live in a free market capitalist economy. Now, over the years, it's just been increasingly, increasingly less free, less free and less capital, less free and less of a capital economy because we keep allowing the government to further regulate and to further legislate the economy and to further inject themselves and to have further spending and when they have spending, when you have the government who will give spending to certain institutions or certain company, those companies and institutions are now, they are now set to, what should I say? They are now influenced by the government because the government gave them money and money is power. Money is influence. 
So we don't need the federal government in the housing industry. We don't need the federal government giving out loans to, we don't need them in the Department of Education. We don't need the federal government in giving out foreign aid. We don't need the federal government in the health industry. Because you wonder why, why is healthcare so complicated? Why is healthcare so non-transparent? Because the government allows it to be, because they pass legislation where they don't have to be transparent as to what they're charging you for. Where them and the insurance agencies can just negotiate everything behind the scenes and the people who are paying for it have no idea of what they're being charged and there's no transparent there's no transparency and there's no legal recommendation for the medical system or for these companies to be accountable to the people. It's the government that's allowing this to be this way. If we had a free market and for example, in the health industry, we had doctors competing as far as healthcare, as far as prices, and we knew what we were paying for, that's the free market. And then when you have them competing, it, they have an incentive to reduce their prices and to be competitive in the market. When you have the housing market, when the federal government gets out of the housing market and no longer provides loans or subprime loans, because what they do is they provide FHA, Federal Housing Administration loans, to people who normally wouldn't be able to afford their loans. And they package it and sell it to you that they're just trying to make housing more affordable for everyone. What they really do is they allow the debt to income ratio for these specific individuals to be stretched so thin that they are allowed to acquire more debt when they make less income. And so usually these are the people who will default on their loans the first, I mean first, when the economy starts to correct itself, and then they foreclose on their loans. So when you think about it, did the government actually help these people financially afford these loans and these houses? Or did they make them almost, I guess they shouldn't, I shouldn't say make them, incentivize them to purchase something they really couldn't afford and make it a more risky loan. But it's not as risky for the bank because when the government gives out these loans, they guarantee a portion of these loans. So when you default on your loan and you just lost your asset and you lost all the monies that you put into it, the bank didn't lose the amount of the loan that they gave you because the federal government, the American taxpayer, um, guarantee part of that loan. So do they do that because they care about you? While also when they allow more people to be able to afford, and I say that in quotations, afford these loans, well, that makes more demand for the housing market, which means the people that can usually afford these loans can afford conventional standard loans that the bank feels that they can afford and will give to them without the federal government's help, I guess you could say, that causes more demand. When you have more demand and the supply remains the same, the prices of housing goes up. And that doesn't help anybody. And so when you have the federal government invested in all every aspect of the economy, whether it be through funding, and taking the American taxpayer's money and deciding where it goes, whether it be through regulation, whether it be through taxes or subsidies, or now in the midst of COVID, who can operate their business because who is essential and who is not essential? That is not a free market. That is a socialist communist market in government that portrays itself as being helpful, 
portrays itself as being for the people and frames it as being free market and capitalist to hopefully manipulate and to indoctrinate the people to think that way, to think that it's the free market that's actually allowing them not to be able to rise. It's the free market that's devaluating their currencies and that's making everything more expensive. It's capitalism. Because when, they, when you think it's the free market and it's capitalism, you will then look to the government to solve the problems they created. And when you give the government more ability to spend more of your money, to print your money, and to regulate every aspect of the economy, you have a socialist, communist government and economy. That's not a free market. And that's why I'm trying to communicate to everyone. These politicians and these corporations who like it because, you know, Target, they had their best year. Amazon, they had their best year. Why wouldn't they like the government forcibly shutting down their competition? Why wouldn't the government and the big banks, the Federal Reserve, like to work and legislate with the government in order to print money and to control the monetary system. And if you read about the Federal Reserve Act, it was done privately on some random island by no, no accountability or representation of the people that it now controls. And if you, again, speaking to the Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx, having a central bank, having no private property. And so an ironic thing that I've read recently by the Global Economic Forum, Forum, I think it was actually the World Economic Forum, their predictions for two, uh, 2030. Number one, you will own nothing and you will be happy. They are literally trying to close down these small businesses and these entrepreneurs, these people who risk their money, who risk their time to create and to innovate, to create jobs and businesses and innovations. They want to totally get rid of them so the government can do this and mind you the government creates nothing they only confiscate wealth and they redistribute it as they see fit they do not create jobs nor do we want government jobs we don't want more government jobs and more government entities that the american taxpayers have to pay for we want entrepreneurs we want investors and business owners to continue investing their time, their money, risking their money to create innovations, to create further jobs and employment, for them to create the economy, not the government. We need to give the people the freedom to fail because if they have the freedom to fail, they have the freedom to succeed. They need to be able to create businesses and innovations without being totally squashed by the government regulations and taxes because it decentivizes us to contribute into the economy, to take a risk on investments and to create businesses. And ultimately it's gonna leave the power and the economy in the hands of a few to create all these products and then the government and these, these people are gonna only rent it to you because the banks and the federal government, it's up to them who they give money to and when they're devaluating their currency, the people who are saving their monies, well, your money's worth less. You cannot beat the system if the system is controlled by the government. You need little regulation. You need 
you need things for the majority to be handled by the states and by your localities because then you have influence and if you don't like the way that they're legislating or that they're governing, you go somewhere else. And you need to have the ability to control your monetary system. That's why when they said you will own nothing and you will be happy, Karl Marx said the only way to have a communist system is the, the abolishment of private property. I believe, and I don't think this is exactly word for word, but if you can sum up communism in one sentence, it would be the abolishment of private property. Because if you own nothing, the government controls everything. And so we need to really think about these things from a like from a philosophical point of view to understand these ideologies and to realize and be aware and be a conscious being of what's actually going on around us. Do you want the government to control and own everything or do you want the people to have the ability to control everything? If you want the, the people to have the most power and influence, then you believe in people. If you think, if you don't trust the people and so you want the government to be able to confiscate wealth and redistribute, then you don't believe in the people. You believe in government. And if, any, if history teaches us anything, those who trust the government don't understand history. The government has been the leading force when it comes to starvation, when it comes to poverty, when it comes to war. It is governments that wield these things upon its people. And so I ask you, do you honestly think we live in a free market capitalist society? Or do you believe, do you think, are you convinced that it's the government that controls our economy? That it's the government that is confiscating our wealth? That it's the government that is making it harder to move upward in our society? And that it's the government who is creating these crises, these crises, these crises. It is the government that is creating these crises and then it is the government that is also selling to you that it is up to them to solve the problems that they created. So I will wrap up by saying, do you believe in the people? Do you believe that the people should have the most control when it comes to their finances and the economy and to make decisions that they believe is best for them? Or do you believe in the government? And even though I see a lot of this and it makes me, you know, it makes me sad, but I also am hopeful. I am optimistic for things that I see. People are, people are getting it. They're waking up. And I also see the opportunity with the decentralized power as far as the monetary system goes with cryptocurrency. I'm trying to educate myself further on cryptocurrency. And I suggest you all do the same. And... I just hope this provided you some value and insight and made you think a little bit about what's going on and to hopefully realize that we don't live in a free market capitalist society or economy. We live in a at best mixed economy and it's increasingly and increasingly being more socialist and communist because the government and the Federal Reserve have way too much power. And it's time that we take it back. There's one thing that also makes me optimistic as far as America goes. Revolution is in our, it's our heritage. Now I'm not saying I would like to go to war or anything like that, but I believe in the people and the people were, the, were those who founded and fought for America. So let's take the power back. And like I said, I hope this provided you some insight. 
and some value, something to think about. If it did, like, share, and subscribe. And before I go, I guess I will just put a few plugs because of some of the things that we've discussed. I do have some videos. I have one on the housing market and how the federal the federal government infiltrates itself into the housing market and will cause an economic crash as far as that goes. So I would look at that. And I also have a video talking about the Communist Manifesto and kind of going over what Karl Marx lays out as to create a socialist communist government and it's important for us to understand that if we want to avoid being that so thank you for joining me god bless take care learn about money and i hope to see you guys soon bye